Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode number 41, a fireside chat with David Vinka. Friends, I am sorry that I have been a little MIA over the last month. I decided to take a quick break from the podcast because, well, you know, we have like 8,000 teachers coming to a conference in a few weeks, and I have been working so hard and staying focused on making that free virtual teacher conference the best it could be. There are 77 presentations from teachers pre-K to 12 and they are going to knock your socks off. You're gonna love it. And did I mention that conference is free? Have you signed up? Go to educatorstoeducators.com right now. The conference is July 15th and 16th. All you need to do is sign up to reserve your spot and then you'll be ready to go when the conference goes live on July 15th. Make sure you're following us on Instagram to get lots of information about that conference, including how to log in, frequently asked questions, giveaways, all the good stuff. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at educators to educators. Of course, that is the number two. A couple of other quick announcements before we get started with today's guest. If you haven't heard, we have launched the E2E membership site. The E2E membership site gives you a chance to have access to the entire E2E video library, including videos from our Teacher New Year Reboot Conference, our Career Conference, and this summer's conference. And then on top of it, every month you get different free downloadables. So in August, Bridget Pearsall from At Little Lovely Leaders designed four binder templates that you get for free. She sold thousands of these on Teachers Pay Teachers and you get that for free. That's a $10 value that you're getting for free August 1st. And every month you're gonna get free downloadables. One of our members said, it's like getting a virtual subscription box in your email every month. So on top of having access to this amazing video library of professional development, you get free downloadables every month and then we're having a monthly focus. So this is the first time I'm announcing this publicly, but in August, we're doing a whole back to school organization and planning month. In September, we're gonna talk about creating healthy boundaries with your students, parents, people within your school, and start to get you ready for those parent-teacher conferences. And then October, we're gonna talk about using games in the classroom. The membership is super affordable. It's $10 a month. And a lot of school districts are reimbursing teachers for this professional development. So make sure you ask your principal and see if they'll pay for that membership site for you. But it's $10 a month. You get so much more than $10 a month in value. I really hope you'll join us. You can head over to educators2educators.com to learn more. I've said this time and time again because I actually really do mean it. The reviews you leave in the podcast store and that you put on Instagram and the emails you send me and even just subscribing and giving five-star rating to this podcast, it honestly fuels my fire and keeps me going. The podcast is growing like crazy right now. And it is because all of you um, that make this podcast grow and grow and grow. I am getting ready to do a two-year two years this podcast has been going, a two-year kind of review episode. And one of the things I've really been thinking about are the times that I kind of wanted to quit 
doing this podcast and the reasons why. And, you know, those only happened a little blips in time. And then I came back to reality and I have really great people in my life that keep pushing me to do this work. But yeah, I've wanted to quit at times. And um, I'm just so grateful that I stuck with it because I get comments like this on Instagram. So PDMe underscore posted about the podcast and she said, or he said, I've been really getting around podcasts lately and came across this one run by Carrie Conover called Educators to Educators. I'm finding podcasts really easy to listen to, especially when I'm out walking or on the treadmill. I love that this content isn't too heavy, especially for the holidays. Seems like an easy and free way to clock up on some PD. So thank you, PD me, for leaving that review on Instagram. It really does mean the world to me. Speaking of that two-year reflection episode, if you have a question you want to ask me, it can be about anything about educators to educators, how I built this company, about the podcast, personal life, professional life, parenting, entrepreneurship, teaching, whatever question you want to ask me. It can be fun. It can be serious. Doesn't matter to me. Just go to educators2educators.com slash podcast and send me your questions. I cannot wait to hear from all of you. Okay, so now that all of that is out of the way, let's get down to business with one of my most important mentors and friends, David Vinka. David is the founder and CEO of eSpark Learning. I had the pleasure of working at eSpark for over three years under David's leadership. Over the next few months, I'll be releasing interviews with various founders and CEOs of education companies in a series I'm affectionately calling our fireside chat. This was a term David used at eSpark when he brings the company or team together and has a company meeting, and I've always loved it, so hopefully I don't get in trouble for stealing his term. David is someone I've looked up to for years, and I thought it was only appropriate for him to kick off this series for us. And you guys all know that I love to start with a story, and David is no exception. So my favorite memory of David Vinka is a couple of months into working at eSpark, we were launching a really important and large partnership in Ohio. And so we needed to go on a trip. There were three of us that were gonna drive to Ohio from Chicago and then meet with their team and drive back. Well, at the last minute, the third person that was supposed to go with us was sick and couldn't go. So I now, a new employee at this company, was gonna be stuck in the car with our CEO for 12 hours. And I was freaking out. Even another team member was like, you have to drive with David for 12 hours by yourself? Are you nervous? And I was like, uh, yeah. So anyway, I went into this drive with the game plan that I was not gonna speak. Like, this is a busy guy, he's gotta work, I'll drive. And so for the first hour and a half, like well into our way into Indiana, it was pretty much silent in the car as David like pounded away on his keyboard. And then about an hour and a half in, he slammed his computer shut and he's like, all right, let's have some fun. The remainder of the way to Ohio and back, David and I talk, 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 talk. We talked about our obsession with the test, strength, the strengths finder test. We talked about life and growing up. And I learned so much about why he's such a fierce leader and he has such a love for schools and education. So over those three years at eSpark, the company grew larger and larger and we had more and more employees. But David always stayed connected with me and made me feel like such an important member of our team. 
I have so many great memories with David at eSpark. At one point, we even climbed a small mountain together. But my favorite memories by far are the ones in which we traveled the country visiting classrooms and schools and helping teachers solve the problem of differentiation for their students. So I'm so thrilled to have David with us today to chat all things eSpark. David Vinka, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Carrie. I'm excited to be here. David, do you remember that drive? Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, favorite, I, my favorite memory of you, you, I'm not surprised that you have a million followers on your podcast because um, you would do professional developments for, you know, for eSpark when we we're kind of rolling it out to new teachers. And I remember one small town in like rural Ohio, we had a really hard time finding the place and the teachers and administrators clearly came in kind of with the, the, the mindset of like, oh, great, another PD, like this is, this is, this is going to be really boring. Someone's going to you know talk at me for, for an hour. And you got up and just lit up the room and everyone was basically eating out of the palm of your hand. You were telling these really engaging stories. You were making everyone laugh and you just like lit up the room. Um, so I'm so happy that you're bringing some of your joy in life to, uh, to, to this podcast because I'm sure, I'm sure other teachers will, will, will benefit from it. Oh, well, thanks. I'm blushing over here uh, behind my computer. I'm glad you can't see me. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about eSpark. So tell everyone, what is eSpark and what do you guys do? Sure. So eSpark is, eSpark <clears throat> is a website where elementary school teachers can sign up for a free membership. It enables teachers to differentiate their instruction in reading and math. So when students log into eSpark, they take a short diagnostic quiz, or teachers can give us their formative data from STAR or NWA map. And then when students log in, they'll go through an individualized learning plan. Um, and the teachers usually use this eSparking time to pull small groups for mini lessons. And I think what makes us unique, there's a lot of like individualized learning programs or personalized learning programs. What makes us unique is we have a team of teachers on staff who go through all of the best websites and find and select the most engaging uh, resources <clears throat> that are aligned <clears throat> to the particular math and reading standards. Um, and so we have kind of the best of uh, resources. We have resources from Starfall, Epic, Vocabulary, Education.com, PBS Kids, and more. So when students log into their eSpark individualized learning plan, they're using a different resource every day um, and learning at their level. So it's very engaging for students, and this gives teachers some precious time to spend in small groups without interruption. Yeah, you know, I, I, when I was at eSpark, uh, one summer, I was helping out the um, curriculum team. They needed just like an extra set of eyes and to do some curation. And the standards that that team has, I mean, their standards are so high and they're so meticulous, making sure the content is aligned properly and that it's appropriate for that grade level and appropriate content. Uh, it was really, really cool to see that team in action. Yeah, they're amazing. How did you come up with the idea? Of, so eSpark, is eSpark like nine years old now? It is, nine years. Oh my gosh. So tell us, how did you come up with this concept? Well, it's kind of a strange backstory. <clears throat> so I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, and my mother used to be a Roman Catholic nun, and my father used to be a Roman Catholic priest. It sounds like the start to a really bad joke I'm about to tell you, <laughs> yeah. but it's the start to my life. So I don't know what that tells you. <laughs> but I guess the reason I share that is my parents imbued in me this value to have our work help people in a meaningful way. And, you know, nine, it was actually about 10 years ago now, 
I was in management consulting, helping large companies improve their performance. So I was kind of consulting for companies like General Electric and United Airlines. And the work was really interesting and intellectually challenging. Um, and I was working with really smart people, but I didn't feel like I was acting on the values my parents kind of gave me. Um, and so I took a sabbatical from consulting. Um, and my mother was a school teacher and I got really inspired by the work, uh, of a, that a great teacher or the, the impact that a great teacher can have on a student's life. Um, and so I started to go into classrooms and observe teachers and interview teachers, almost like a management consultant would for a, for a consulting client. And I started asking teachers, what are the biggest problems that you face? Um, and teachers kept telling me about differentiating instruction and I like nodded my head, like I knew what they were talking about. Um, and wrote the word down, you know, went home and kind of Googled it. And um, then I started to pull data about what they meant by differentiating instruction. Like, well, well how, what are the different learning levels? And when I started to pull data on that challenge, I just was amazed. In this fourth grade classroom, I'll never forget that I was um, interviewing the teacher. I pulled their, uh, the student learning levels from NWA MAP, uh, one of the assessments they had available. And there were kids in that classroom who were basically kindergarten and first grade level readers and other students were at the sixth and seventh grade level. And so I'm thinking this teacher is trying to differentiate instruction. Like it's an impossible job. Like how on earth is she ever going to kind of meet the unique needs of all these kind of learners in her classroom? So the basic idea came from, you know, wanting to use my talents to help teachers solve their, their, their most pressing challenge. Um, and so that's kind of the, the, the uh, backstory behind, behind eSpark. And it's been really fun to see eSpark evolve over time. So can you tell us a little bit about how you actually first built the product and kind of the story of how it's changed over the years? Oh, sure. Um, in the early days, um, it was a summer program for um, two groups of kids in public schools in Chicago. Um, and I was the teacher, if you want to put that in air quotes, uh, <laughs> running this little class of about 20 students in each uh, summer program. And they'd have to come in every week and spend about an hour and a half with me. And they'd have to complete an assignment at home. Um, and so the early days, it was I was the product. I was delivering this individualized, curated set of learning activities for each student. So I, I would grab the assessment data that the schools had available about the students' learning needs. And I'd give each student kind of a, a playlist of educational apps to do on their iPod. Um, so one big. So you said iPod. It was on the yeah, iPod. Yeah, the iPad was not invented yet, and so we we're using iPod, oh, wow. iPod Touch devices. Um, and so you know, I was giving kids this individualized uh, learning plan using like these these like really fun and engaging games. Um, and at the end of the summer, uh, the the principal called me and she said, "David, there's a there's a waiting list on my desk of students who want to get in the club." And, um, and we called it the, the eSpark Club at the time. Um, and so kids had found out about this like summer learning program and like there was a wait list to get in. So she's like, so we gotta keep, we gotta keep it going. I gotta, I gotta keep these uh, kids engaged. Cause she was giving me, the principal had given me kind of the students who were really, I think disengaged with school and you know, school wasn't really working for them. So this was like an alternative way for them to learn some, some extra skills. Um, so we've migrated from iPod Touch, where I was the you know deliverer of the of the learning in person, and that was pretty painful. Um, lovely and and just um, incredible working with students. The painful part was actually syncing the different apps onto the onto the iPad iPod Touch devices. That that was was really hard. That was back in the day when you. I'm assuming you had like one Apple like iTunes password, and you were trying to deploy it a bunch of different iPods. Exactly. Yeah. 
that yeah. that's the I've spent many hours syncing iPod touches with the right Greek student. <laughs> it was really hard. Good thing your you know master's degree in business. It really came into play there, right? <laughs> I definitely had those moments of like, gosh, is this really uh, the best way to do this? Um, and then we migrated um, to the iPad, uh, and now eSpark works on on any browser, any device, so students can kind of go through the, the best website. So we've made this kind of platform shift from iPod to iPad to to, to web. That's been a been a big change. Um, we also used to work kindergarten through eighth grade, um, and you remember this, but uh, what we noticed is like that the uh, student growth, the, the student learning gains were really powerful in middle school, but the kids really didn't like it, and teachers were kind of complaining a bit that it didn't really fit in the middle school day. Um, so <clears throat> we had a choice. Do we want to invest in middle school and make it work for middle school, or do we kind of want to stick to something that, that seems to be working really well, which is elementary school, K to five? And we decided, you know, to, to, to just focus on a smaller set where we felt like we could be successful. Um, and then this year, we just released a new version of our of our eSpark app. And um, we've basically bifurcated the experience. So a K2 student gets a very different, more scaffolded experience than a student in third, fourth, or fifth grade gets. The, the older students get a little more choice, and they have a choice of avatars. And we've kind of customized it to the different age levels. That's really cool. And I want to sidestep for a second, because I'm thinking about the teachers that are listening right now. And I think there's like a really important lesson to be learned here. I, I've learned it as an entrepreneur myself, and I think it applies to teaching, is that sometimes we want to go really big and do it all. And it's so important to step back sometimes and say, okay, let's look at the data. Let's look at the, you know, our patterns and trends. Like what is actually working? And sometimes paring down and going smaller can be more impactful. Um, and I think that applies to life in so many ways. But as a teacher, maybe you're doing these huge units and only really half of it is impactful and meaningful. And you're exhausting yourself doing all these bells and whistles that maybe you don't even need to be doing. I totally agree. That's a really hard insight to keep front and center because you, you, most of the times you want to, you know, uh, do something that really benefits a lot of people. But actually, it's it's um, there's this great um, blog I follow from Y Combinator, which likes with like startup advice. And one of the blog posts is called "Do Things That Don't Scale." <laughs> so it's basically like exactly that point, which is do something that a few people will really love, <clears throat> and then figure out how to scale it later. Mm, such good advice, yeah. and it's it, that goes back to teaching. Like, do things that you know you could a few kids in mind and build it for them. And the first time around, you know, use it for your whole class. And then year after year, that's how you keep it exciting, right? Is you change it and you manipulate it, you make it better, you pull back. So um, one thing I always try to, you know, share with teachers about the products being built out there in education companies is that leaders really are thinking about teachers um, and thinking about the problems you're trying to solve. So I would love to hear from you. What are you most proud of so far in these nine years? That's a great question. Um, well, just most recently, I, I talked to a teacher who's using eSpark. She's a teacher in a public school in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. And I, I, I try and interview about five to 10 teachers a week. Um, and so this was one of our, the teachers who had used eSpark for, for many years. And she said, um, uh, having everything all together in eSpark has made life tremendously easier, and I love it. 
And so that made me extremely, that made me extremely proud. That's the kind of like the purpose is to make teachers' lives easier and to hear that it's really working and, and, and hear teachers' kind of visceral responses makes me really proud. Um, the other moments where I'm proud are kind of going into classrooms and seeing a teacher with a small group. So seeing the other kids are on eSpark and they're kind of getting something uniquely appropriate for them. But then, you know, this product can really give teachers some really precious small group time um, to, to really uh, work with a small group of students in a, in a more profound way. Um, I'm really proud of kind of seeing, seeing that happen. And then just seeing students like joy when they're, you know, going through an educational game on our site or, or a fun video, you, they have these little moments where you can kind of see the joy that they're, they're very uh, physical. So it's often like their hand goes up or their fist goes like, yeah, like those moments, I think I, I get a lot of uh, pride in, in seeing. Yeah. And the end result that we saw time after time, like one of my jobs became going back to school districts and superintendents and saying, hey, let's let's look at, you know, the joy that has been brought to the classroom and these small group experiences, but let's also look at the data. And time after time after time, the growth in students was just insane. Yeah, it, it's really amazing to see. Some of our bigger customers, they see, you know, growth that is, yeah, pretty astonishing. Um, and at first it was like, oh, is it something, what's going on here? And then I guess I realized like this notion of personalized learning or individualizing learning or differentiating instruction, it really works. Like if you do it well, students can grow and learn at a, at a, at a much faster pace. Absolutely. What do you think has been a challenge or the most challenging obstacle? I mean, no company has, you know, smooth sailing all the way through. So what do you think has been something that has been a challenge for you or an obstacle that you've come overcome as a leader and as a, as a company? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's, there's challenges every day. Probably the biggest one is uh, we created a new product. So we have the eSpark product. Um, and a few years ago, we invested in making a new product called Frontier, um, which is really based on a, a vision to have students learn in a, in a new way, um, really kind of putting like student geekiness and student kind of like um, geeking out on topics they're, they're interested in at, at the center of it. And it covered some reading and, and writing standards. Um, and we got some really in, um, positive early feedback from teachers and, and school leaders. And we had a few early customers signing up and just saying it was the best thing ever. And, and even Google had selected us to be part of their Google uh, education bundle last summer. Um, so we got all these signs that we're onto something really big. Um, so we made a pretty big investment in uh, hiring a, a sales team for it and, and hiring more engineers and, and um, uh, people to kind of build out this product. Uh, and at the end of the day, very few school districts purchased it, um, or certainly fewer than we had kind of expected or, or hoped. And so we invested a lot of time and energy into it, and it just wasn't, districts were not buying it. Um, and I think, so acknowledging this, and helping the company kind of let go a little bit and focus our efforts on eSpark, the, the core product that you know districts were buying and, and teachers were kind of using regularly. It was very challenging emotionally uh, for me and for the, for the company and, and also financially. It was really hard to kind of like, uh, you know, go through that, that, that chapter in our history. How do you, um, how do you personally, like as a human being, what do you do? And as a leader, like you're human and also a leader, but like, how do you get through those? Because sometimes people will just say, okay, that's it. Like let, we're done. Like, how do you keep charging forward and have the, having the energy to do that? Yeah, it's, it's hard. So I struggle with it. Uh, you know, I'm not, uh, 
I'm not immune to like these things. And if you invest like several years of your life on something and really put all of your energy and you, you know, you raise money from others and you know, you basically put your reputation on the line and it doesn't work out. It's terrible. Um, but I struggle, I struggle yeah. with it. I think that for me personally, there's like three things I think I do that help me kind of stay positive. Um, the first is like a little bit of self-talk. Uh, it's a little weird to say it on a podcast, but like, you know, you know, like reflect on things that, that are going well and that are working for teachers and students and kind of, you know, really kind of reflecting on what is working because in, in anyone's life, there's some parts of it that are really working. And so kind of trying to focus, focus your mind there, um, even though you naturally want to focus on the thing that's not working in the kind of more dramatic side of it. Um, there is like um, a startup meditation group that I joined a few months ago here in San Francisco. I moved from Chicago to San Francisco. And of course, there's like meditation and yoga and, and you know, very different kind of like culture, but the, the meditation really, really uh, struck me as a, as a great way to kind of be more present and mindful and, um, and, and get rid of some stress. Um, and then I started surfing three years ago. So I go surfing two or three times a week. Um, and it's just a total release. It's an amazing exercise. It's also somewhat spiritual. The connection to the ocean is just incredible and in, in nature. And so surfing really helps me get kind of, a, a out of the, uh, stress of, of thinking about things that, are, that aren't working at work. You know, it's really interesting. I, um, I personally, as you know, David, like I've experienced a lot of loss in my life and decided to start educators to educators. And so probably on a much smaller scale than you, I think I go up through some of those up and ups and downs and decision-making. And it's interesting because I have recently found that my connection to nature really helps me. And I think part of it is like, for you, it can be lonely at the top. For me, it can be lonely alone. <laughs> I mean, I connect with a lot of people like you, but that connection to nature, like if I go out and garden for an hour in the middle of the day or take my dog for a walk or go swimming or whatever, um, that is, it's really interesting how much that really does help. Me. Yeah. There's some recent research too. I saw in the news somewhere that, that, um, taking a walk in the woods or being connected to nature, like you said, is actually very, very beneficial for, for your health. Um, I forget where I saw it, but I, I think there is something to it. Yeah, I agree. Maybe I'll finally get to come out and we'll go surfing. Just don't let me get attacked by a shark, okay? <laughs> if we do, we'll do a special episode of this podcast. It will be a video episode. It'll be a your first oh pod. Gosh. will be working with me in California. <laughs> I mean, I think I would be, I mean, it would be a riot. People would really laugh, but it would be a little too embarrassing to show. Um Okay, so we have some listener questions for you, but before we go there, let's talk about what's next at eSpark um, and how our teacher listeners actually can get connected to what you guys have going on. Great. Well, um, we're really excited about our free membership for teachers. Um, so teachers can go to eSparkLearning.com and sign up to get uh, eSpark for free. You know, it will help you differentiate with these best resources from across the web. Um, so if you sign up on eSparks website, um, there's often a little like um, you've seen these little like chat bots on the right. There's like a little blue button on the right that kind of enables you to chat with eSpark. If you sign up from this podcast and you just say, Carrie sent me in that little chat box, I'll denote your name in our account and we'll do something really special for you. Um, so we're going to have like a special um, gift for teachers that sign up from from this podcast. Um, and you can just denote it by saying Carrie sent me in that little uh in that little chat box as, as you're signing up on our site. Woohoo! I love when our listeners get some special treatment. So thank you for that, David. Um, yeah, check it out. It is 
you're going to love it. You're going to love what it can do for your students and just give you something to do with kids when you want to pull in those small groups and have that one-on-one -on -one time with your kids. So make sure you go over and check out that free opportunity. So let's turn to the questions from the listeners. So how did you know when eSpark was truly taking off and going to make it long-term? I love this question. Um, and I think um, I have two answers to it. One is like, we, we there is no long-term, like almost every company eventually goes out of business. And so I actually like the fact that we have to win over teachers and administrator customers continually. Or just, we won't make it long-term, we won't be relevant. So it's really an ongoing challenge of will we make it long-term. Um, but I think, um, you know, when we signed our first contract for about $100,000, it was, I think, our 20th paid customer. I kind of started to realize at that point that, like, actually, this wasn't a fluke, that schools were really adopting this and, and teachers were using it and finding success with it. And it was growing and we were signing on more customers. Um, and that kind of event, uh, it's funny, in the startup world, people will give you money only when you don't need it. <laughs> and <laughs> customers giving us money, then investors were, were willing to kind of give us money. And so we actually raised about $6 million from investors to kind of invest in the company at that point. Um, and so it was that, it, probably at that moment uh, in 2012 that I realized this, this was going to make it, uh, you know, uh, medium term. And I think long term, we, we constantly have to win over teachers and administrators to, to be relevant. I love that. I love that you guys are constantly working to win them over because I don't think that every company does that. They build it and they just hope everyone will come and stay there. So that's amazing. Um, okay, our next question says, how do you stay current in what is happening in classrooms today and how quickly things change? This is a great question because things, especially right now, are changing very quickly. That's such a great question because the classroom environment is changing so rapidly and the technology that teachers have access to and are using changes almost every year. Um, so I think we have many former teachers on staff that kind of bring that perspective. So if someone joins us and they're just coming from the classroom, they'll kind of help us understand the, their, their world. Um, but I think the, the, the best way that we do it is that we observe classrooms um, and do teacher interviews. Um, and so uh, we have two lab schools, one near our San Francisco office here in, in San Francisco and one in Chicago. And our designers and, and product managers and other folks basically are in those classrooms once or twice a month, um, uh, sometimes as much as twice a week if we're really kind of testing things that, that we're working on to kind of delight teachers. <clears throat> so I think we've got to stay relevant by staying really connected to real classrooms um, and being in them. There's no substitute for just being in the classroom with, with teachers and students. Absolutely. Um, how do you stay grounded and make sure that what you're doing or your decisions are for the best interest of your who, I'm using air quotes here, the students? This is a great question. I really love this question. Um, so I think um, we hire people at eSpark who really care first and foremost about students. Um, so someone that works here said it kind of feels like a nonprofit um, because we're so student-centric. And so in our values as a company, we have this value of a sense of purpose that if you read it, it says something like we are inspired to fulfill a mission larger than ourselves. And we recognize that every person on our team has an important role to play to help students and teachers grow. Um, and so I think when you hire for people that share those values, all arguments and decisions start from a place of like what's best for, for, for students. 
Um, so I think that's that's like our grounding place, and that probably helps us a lot. And then I think this this notion that we listen to teachers weekly and get rich feedback from them, because I think teachers are the best proxies for the best interests of students. They're in the classroom every day on the front line of this really important work. And so I think their judgment about what will work and what's important and what students need is, is a really important voice for us to hear. So we invest a lot in observing and, and interviewing teachers every week. I love that. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us and being my first founder on the podcast. I have to say um, two, two departing thoughts about eSpark for me. Personally, um, eSpark is the first place I went um, after I left the classroom. I've said this a million times, but I would have stayed in teaching in the classroom my whole career. Um, but my family had moved and I couldn't find a teaching job. I was too experienced and no one would hire me. And I got my first job at eSpark and I would not be able to build educators to educators and these conferences and this podcast and everything I'm doing without those years that I spent working alongside you and the incredible talent at eSpark. It has so set me up for success. So I'm so, so grateful to that time. And I will say, I believe in what eSpark is doing. I've always believed in it. Um, and I would go back and work there tomorrow because I know what you guys, what you're doing and what you're building is in the best interest of the students and the teachers in this country. So David, thanks for all your hard work and to the entire eSpark team, past and present, um, all my kudos. And I really, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing where you guys go and grow. Thanks so much, Gary. One last thank you to David for being a guest on the podcast. I know you're a very busy leader and I appreciate the time you spent to talk to us. Uh, if you are an E2E member, you are going to get exclusive footage that we had at the end of this podcast within the E2E membership site. I talked to David about how data shapes eSpark, how he thinks about student engagement, what it would be like if he were a teacher in the classroom. And then finally, we talk about working at ed tech companies and, and how to get jobs at ed tech companies, if that's something that interests you. So for all of you, thank you for joining us. I can't wait to see you in a few weeks at the conference. And until next time, keep on teaching on.